Hello, Life Church. Such a joy to be with you all again, you magnificent and awesome people. Indeed, you're global. You're global because God is moving you from glory to glory, from faith to faith. And it's such a joy to be with you again and bring God's word so that you may hear God's voice. I want to express, both Savi and I want to express our gratitude and our thanks to Pastor John and Pastor Kelsey and to all of you who are listening. Uh, it is an honor to serve Pastor John and Pastor Kelsey. Uh, it's honestly a privilege. And so I trust and believe that as the word comes to you, you'll be set free and you would hear what God has to say today. Listen to the voice of God. It is very powerful and I can assure you that if you release yourself to hear the voice of God, things will happen in your life, miracle upon miracle, and you would enter into something more glorious than you already have. I assure you of this. We have already prayed for your healing. We have prayed for financial breakthrough. We have prayed for uh, various things that life expects and you need to have. And we are trusting God that as the word comes, it would settle that and bring you an awesome, awesome life. So let's get into the word right now and I want to take you to Exodus. Ah, yeah, I've come out of Genesis. No, no, I, I continue being with Genesis and that's the hallmark of everything. That's the beginning, right? But I want to come to Exodus because I believe in these days God has been ministering to me. And what I do is when I'm ministered to, I want to share what God has shared with me. So that what I share is my own experience and not somebody else's. And uh, I want you to know that it comes from a deep desire to see you come into a place of knowing the great I am. So Exodus chapter 3, uh, but before that we know the story uh, and I hope you know the story from Exodus chapter 1 and then chapter 2 and God is uh, beginning to work out a freedom walk for his people as his desire is to always see that his people have abundant life and life more abundantly. So here we are with uh, Moses having run away in chapter 2. Uh, run away from Egypt. Now, unfortunately, in chapter 2, uh, we read about him running away in fear, having uh, done what he did. He killed an Israelite. He killed an Egyptian first. And then after that, two Israelites were fighting. And then things happened, you know the story. And uh, he had to run from there. Why? Because according to Exodus, he was afraid. But according to Hebrews, he ran away 
not because of fear but by faith he went away from Egypt if you read Hebrews 11 you would see that so from fear to faith and uh, that is a good thing because the new covenant is always seeing people in a new light and so while the old covenant was speaking of fear because of judgment the new covenant is one of faith because of grace and so in hebrews chapter 11 even samson's a man of faith wow now that's a big one right samson who was a real man after women who loved women is suddenly called a man of faith and that he did things by faith that's awesome right you just think maybe god's gone cuckoo a bit here but no it's the way god sees us and he has always seen his creation through his glory so even when man uh moved away got separated from the origin of the purpose of life he always saw man as his people and never separated himself from them but when man separated himself when man was separated then judgment came upon him and curses came upon him that's because of what he attracted into himself but in the new covenant it's just the opposite after jesus came the first miracle in exodus is about turning water turning the water into blood which brings judgment and thereafter every miracle is about judgment the 10 miracles but in the new covenant in the new testament the first miracle in chapter in john chapter 2 is about turning water into wine a completely different picture altogether showing that now grace has come and what does grace do grace takes the ordinary and makes it extraordinary grace takes that which has languished under the law and now brings it out into what it's meant to be the person that's meant to be and transcends everything and transforms everything and so now the whole world is reconciled not redeemed but reconciled and brought near to god so that they may have a a more beautiful opportunity to respond to god and be redeemed through the blood of the lamb so we see all that in the new covenant but i'm taking you back into the old covenant because here is something that is very important because from here i'll take you back into the new covenant and into the new testament again john and we will see an awesome work of god so now moses has done this and he's run away and he's now in the back of the desert he's gone and he's married into the family of jethro a midianite and uh, he is now one day as a shepherd he who learned the art and the wisdom in Egypt is now a shepherd boy and uh, he's leading a sheep and then 40 years after his run away from Egypt which i believe was a separation he had to be separated there's this awesome story in Exodus chapter 3 it says Moses was tending the flock of Jethro his father-in-law the priests of the medians 
and as he was leading his flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God, we think Zion is the mountain of God, but here we have told that Horeb is the mountain of God and the angel of the Lord appeared. And then something may have happened in Moses' heart because there was this amazing bushfire and he said this, he said, I will now turn and see the great sight. And why? Here's the mystery. Why the bush does not burn? God has many ways in attracting us. God has many ways in getting our attention. And it always is miraculous. Remember this, no matter what happens, it's miraculous. No matter how, I know when I came back into uh, the kingdom of God, not that I had moved out of the kingdom in that sense, but I had for some time lost the fellowship. I had the relationship, but I lost the fellowship and the purpose and the meaning of the kingdom of God. And I know that when I was brought back, the way I was brought back was miraculous. It was an issue of illness, where Savi was having rheumatoid arthritis. And it was crippling for both of us. We were just married. Uh, she was 21, I was 26. 27, I think. Well, we'll find out. And uh, she got sick with rheumatoid arthritis on the night of our honeymoon. And she could not, after about three months, could not walk, could not get up from the bed. She was a cripple. I won't go into the story, but through that experience, of a miraculous way of healing. Not that God wanted her to be ill, but God came in, he broke into our situation as he always does, and he removed us out of this dark period, just like he's going to do now for the people of Israel. Did he want them in bondage? No, never. But they moved themselves into bondage. They got themselves into bondage. And then what happened was, God comes, he breaks and he says, God looked upon the children of Israel and God acknowledged them. Wow. And when he speaks to Moses, he, as you go on reading the story from Exodus 3, you see that he says, I have seen their affliction. I have seen their suffering and their sorrow and I have come. They did not invite him. He came. That's what grace is all about. Nothing to do with us. It's his movement towards us. And then he draws us out of darkness into his light. So he comes to Moses and he creates this awesome activity, a burning bush. And Moses says, well, let me turn around and see what's happening. I hear some noise and he turns around. And when the Lord, verse 5, when the Lord saw that Moses had turned aside to look, God called to him and God said, Moses, twice, 
And Moses said, Here I am. Here, I want you to hear this. I am. And then God spoke to Moses and he said, You know, come near me, but take your feet off, uh, your shoes off, not your feet, your shoes off, your sandals. Why? Because that place was set apart, was sacred. Now I want you to know this. It was not because of anything, but the meeting between God and Moses was holy. So whenever God meets with his creation, it's holy. That place is holy. And was it to do anything with about the removing of the sandals? No, he simply made a note and he said, draw near to me, but take your sandals off. It's not that the sandals are going to prevent um, Moses from coming close, because nothing prevents, once the blood is, has cleansed us, nothing prevents us from coming into his presence. But he wanted Moses to know something very important. You want to know what? When God called Moses, Moses responded, not in fear, that's amazing, isn't it? Normally, when an angel appears to someone or when God speaks, you would see that there's fear. But now, Moses says, here I am. Here I am. That's the secret. And God is so pleased. God is so amazingly pleased with that response. Here I am. Not who are you, Lord? You remember what uh, Paul responded, Saul responded with? Who are you, Lord? But Moses says, here I am. And it is in that response that God meets him and then gives him the commission. Later on, you find all these little things about fear and uh, trying to see that He's incapable of the call that has been given to him to go and lead his people out. Later on, that takes place. But at the beginning, he says, here I am. And when the conversation with God takes place and he now realizes the, the awesome responsibility that is coming upon him, he then asks God a question. He said, whom shall I save? sent me. Who shall I say sent me? What name can I give them? And God says, I am, verse 14, I am, tell them, I am has sent you. The God of your father, Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. And he said, say to them, I am who I am. You shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent you. For a long period of time, for thousands of years, including the church, people have tried to prevent 
you and I and the world from knowing the I am. For thousands of years, including the church. But you see, something happens here and I want you to hear the conversation again. Moses responds to God, the voice, by saying, I am, here I am. In other words, Moses within him knew the I am. And the I am was now speaking to the I am. Please, I want you to hear this. It may sound controversial, but if you get this, you will know who you are. Power of you. Because see, let me take you back to Genesis, right? That favorite book of mine. Okay. Genesis chapter 1, God says, He blessed them and He gave them dominion and authority and He asked them to rule. He never took that away from them. They, right, man, through his separation, through disobedience, walked away from who he is meant to be. But you see, Moses, deep within Moses, within that subconscious understanding, Moses knew who he was. And he said, here I am. In other words, the I am never left man. He was there always. God is in man. And we need to understand this, beloved. This is the amazing, the oneness. And Jesus himself prayed this prayer in John chapter 17. He said, Father, make them one just as we are one. Because it's this oneness that God has with his creation that is eventually going to bring about the, uh, the kingdom of God. That's why we have to be made new creation and receive the righteousness of God, not of man. You and I, according to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, have become righteous. We have become the righteousness of God, not of man. Through Jesus Christ, who has now made us new creation. And it was in this power of the I am that Moses went forth. Who do, who do I say? What do I say to Pharaoh? Now, listen, in chapter 6, he says something very important, right? Because now Moses is getting a bit full of his cold feet and all sorts of things. He's beginning to feel his inadequacy. Having begun in the I am, he is now quietly being moved away from his own understanding of who he is, like all of us. But God has to remind him. The Lord said to Moses, chapter 6, Now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh. And God spoke to Moses, verse 2, and said to him, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, 
to Isaac and to Jacob as God Almighty. Listen, beloved. God never disclosed his name to Abraham, but he disclosed his name. My name, Lord, Yahweh. I was not known to them as Yahweh. I was known to them in a, in a form of a title, El Shaddai. I'm the God of more than enough. But in name, no Moses, you're the one. And you will be, I have established my covenant. And then he goes on to speak about Moses being like God. He said, you will be like God to Pharaoh. When he starts all his backing off and saying, I can't speak. He said, I'll give you Aaron, your brother, like we have the Holy Spirit. I'll give you Aaron, your brother. He will speak. I'll put words in your mouth. I'll put your words in his mouth. But you will be like God to Pharaoh. And later on, he said, you will be like God to your people. Why, beloved? Because we are created in the image of God. And the church, unfortunately, we have lost this understanding of who we are. We have lost the understanding of the I am. So what is he saying here? I am that I am. Now there are many, many kind of interpretations to this and they are all pretty good. I submit to you what is in the original. And that is, I am that I am. Which then means, I will cause to be that which I will cause to be. And that is why in Romans chapter 4, when we read that story over there that Abraham, that Paul is reciting or sharing with the people, he says, he's the God who is able to call things that be not just as though they will. In other words, the I am is capable, and I want you to hear this, and I want you to know this, uh, beloved, that the I am is capable of creating and causing that which he declares to be. It happened in Genesis 1, out of the chaos, out of the confusion, out of the darkness. He said, be light, and an elephant didn't come out. Nothing but light came, because what he says, what he causes, he is the cause, the first and the last cause. He will cause things to be, do they not be there as they were. And this is something you and I need to know, because you and I have that same authority, that same blessing that he gave in Genesis chapter 1, that same power to co-create with him, to call names, to give names to the animal, to co-share with him in the creation, which got separated. But now in Christ Jesus, we have been made one and we've been given this amazing authority again and power. All authority, Matthew chapter 28, all authority is given unto me. So now you go. And we need to know this. That authority. 
is being given to us that name i am that i am i will cause what i want to be caused and we know the story of the 10 plagues that took place i just want you to know this that they were plagues of judgment but when we come into the new covenant they're not plagues of judgment they're signs and wonders because the great i am came in the form of jesus christ and you would see this in chapter 8 of john when the word became flesh and dwelt among us says john we beheld his glory that glory which he shared with the father and the spirit he manifested and from glory to glory he went and so he comes and he says as they have this debate in chapter 8 he says before abraham was i am and what it means is that this jesus is the i am is the great i am and he himself needed to hear this and we one more time have to hear this who are we the power of the you you remember when we were children i don't know about you but i remember i was called all sorts of names yeah you are this you are that you're no good you're a failure you always do this you always fall you always um, fail to keep your promises and a lot of negatives in the you form now you is a very powerful word and in english it is in the second person can be even taken in the third person but you is something that we got to know before we know the i we need to know the you and the power of the you because right through our childhood again i say i don't know about you but me i know how many negatives entered my life i remember and and now i don't remember out of pain and agony i remember with laughter and i can even imagine but it's a redemptive memory you know why it's a redemptive memory my past is not just forgiven has been washed by the blood because i have applied the blood to my past right and so when i look back i don't see that past which was so crippling and so sinful and so damaging i see a redemptive past because i'm a redemptive person and nothing nothing of sin or failure or iniquity is there to remind me so now when i look back it's goodness and mercy that follows me so when i remember some of these things just for illustration's sake and not to come into this victimized self pity i remember how my teacher would say you're a gutter snipe and he'll call somebody else a pariado and would use the word you 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 are this you are that and the you was formed by the words of others and so i grew up in that you i grew up in the you of negativity the you of being a victim i grew up in the 
you of rejected person. And so when Jesus came, don't forget, he too was rejected. John chapter 1 is very clear. He came unto his own, his own received him not. But as many as received, he became to them. He became. Because when they received him, they became sons of God. How? By the confession. By the reception of who he really is. So he, as a man, needed to hear who he was. At that time, who he is walking on this earth. And so one fine day, he's having a chat with the disciples. He turns around and he looks at Simon and he says, Who do men say that, what is it? I am. Matthew chapter 16. Yeah. Who do men say that, huh? I am. And then Peter says, Some say this, the disciples said, Some say this, some say that. You know, Elijah, because this is how they were describing him. Earlier on in Matthew chapter 12, he's being called Beelzebub, the Lord of Flies. And then he had to uh, bring out an understanding and teach that how can Satan be divided? But if I, by the finger of God, cast out demons, then, and why were they calling him? Because they thought he was mad. They thought that he was a demon uh, belonging to Beelzebub, and maybe one of the members of the fly army and uh, all of that. And then he had to rebuke them and say, teach them that if a kingdom is divided, how can it stand? But if I, by the finger of God, cast out demons, then the kingdom of God is coming. So he was called all sorts of things. He was called a wine-bibber. He was called someone who walked with sinners. And even today in the modern world, there are still people who would try to associate him, the historical Jesus, as a bad man. But now he's asking in this context of what he had been hearing, he's asking, who do men say that I? Because he wanted to know from the Father. He heard the voice, Matthew chapter 3, you know, my beloved son, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. But now he wanted to hear coming out of man the confession. So when he looks and he says, who do men say that I am? Then they began, even the disciples didn't know, they began to give him a better status. Elijah and all sorts of other prophets. And then he looks at Peter and he says, but who do you? Now listen, listen to the conversation. Who do you say that I am? And Peter turns around and says, you are the Christ. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. He didn't say you're Jesus. He said you're the Christ, the anointed divine one, the son of the living God. And then 
what a response and i show you something here as well he said blessed are you simon for flesh and blood have not revealed uh, this but my father in heaven and then he says something important and you are no longer simon i call you peter you are peter the transformation and the power of the you he became a rock from a vacillating reed he became a rock he became a strong man he became a person whom god would use from the ordinary it was like an alchemist doing a work on a man's on on the ordinary metal turning the ordinary metal into something more beautiful and gold because right from the beginning we have been in the image of god but we have been taught that we are not we are sinners we are born sinners but this is not true right from the beginning the name of god has been held back and even today the name of god is being held back and that is why it's called the unutterable name it was never the unutterable name i am that i am yeah that's his name yahweh and that's a name and it was not given to abraham it was given to moses but now jesus i am and every time he says i am i am the way the truth and the life i am the resurrection i am the bread i am the living water and i am and i am he took his identity he was given his identity as the beloved son and the temptation story tries to rob him of that but he said man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of god because this is important the deep calling to the deep god calling to god in us christ in us the hope of glory and so from that i am position he begins to operate and when it comes to john chapter 8 again he's in conflict and that's why he says before abraham was i am because he knew now he is the i am he is the one he is the word that has become flesh and they began to throw they tried to throw stones at him in chapter 10 again he says my father and i verse 29 30 are one one and it is in that that he recognizes and moves and he says i do not do anything that i don't see my father do because we are one what he does i do what he hates i hate if you and i can live in this understanding but unfortunately uh, we have not come into that fellowship i'm not talking of relationship the day you and i were born from above regenerated raised up we became one and now we are seated with him in heavenly places we are living from above on earth as it is in heaven and in that power we move but the circumstances around us 
And I can tell you, beloved, they're not very healthy circumstances. They are circumstances that cause us to think we are anything other than I am. And we are afraid even to utter the word I am. But I have been set free and I now can say I am free. I am the light of the world. I am the salt of the earth. I am a new creation. And above all, I can say without any fear, 1 Corinthians 15, 10, I am what I am by the grace of God. And I know there are many things that I have to overcome and I am overcoming because I am more than a conqueror through Christ who has loved me. And we are facing some difficult situations at this time. But that's okay, Christ faced it. But he endured the cross who for the joy that was set before him. And so we, both Savi and I, can face things for the joy that is set before us. Because our lives are not based on the past. We draw from the future where he has said, I know the plans I have for you. Jeremiah 29, 11, the plans I have for you, not to harm you or give you one which is evil, but a good future filled with peace and prosperity. And we move in that, his word that says, you are, you are my chosen. You're not the failure anymore. I've took you out of failure into success. I came that you may have life and life more abundantly. So now I am immersed in the abundance. I am walking in success. I am doing the things that I am meant to do. Not I will, it's no longer I will, but I know and I am. The language changes, beloved. Why does my language change? Because my mindset has changed. How did my mindset change? Because it got renewed in the Word of God. It got washed, Romans chapter 12. It got washed, it got washed by the blood of the Lamb. And today, I am more than a conqueror. I do not say I will be. I say I am and I know. What do I know? That the plans He has for me is to prosper me. Well, currently, don't see anything. Don't see the money coming in. Don't see the prosperity that is spoken of because my concept of prosperity now has changed. I am prosperous. How do I know I'm prosperous even if I don't have the finances? Because prosperity is nothing. Finances is just a small drop in the ocean of prosperity. Are you with me? There's health, there's relationships, there is family life. That's all a part of the bundle of prosperity, the ocean of prosperity. We don't limit, although money is important. And now I'm not afraid to even say I love money. Because we've been taught all this time and we've been robbed of the things that the I am is. I am that. And then I put in what I want. So, is the love of money the root of all evil? Yes and no. Yes, 
if it is the greed and the sacrificial love for money the covetousness but i love money and i love money and when i love someone i respect that person isn't it i treat that person with honor so when i love money i treat it with respect i treat it with an emotion of wanting to see that it is spent in the right form i give it honor i don't worship money i don't love it sacrificially but i love money are you with me so i'm not afraid because i've been set free i am i am the abundance of god i am a new creation the old has passed things have become new and so i see things differently i move and live and move in his being within him i are you understanding so when jesus was questioned in chapter 8 and chapter 10 and he then says things that are amazing about i am they want to stone him why because they as they are doing all the time the church is doing trying to cover up and say no 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 you know you're not gods you're not this you're not that but honestly you are the body of christ now if i am the body of christ then i am the body of christ right he's the head i'm the body and if i'm the body then i am the hand i am the hand that lays hands on the sick i am the legs of the body of christ that takes me to places where i ought to go and where i sometimes ought not to go for what to manifest his glory because that's what he's asked me going to all the world i am the body that manifests his glory because he has said there twice 1 corinthians chapter 3 1 corinthians chapter 6 you are the temple of the living god and today christ walks in me christ lives in me i am are you with me we have forgotten this in exodus chapter 3 god and chapter 4 god had to make it known to moses what his confession meant and when he said here i am god in moses was talking to god and he was not afraid did you get it he was not afraid When the other people saw God they bowed down they got afraid they this they did that's the angel of God he turned around the angel of God is God is Christ pre-incarnate Christ he didn't get afraid he didn't run away it was later on when he suddenly realized man whoa he then began to get oh not at all so i want to bless I want to release to you the power of you. You are what God says you are. And when you talk to God, talk as his word inside you is saying what he says of you. I hope you understand this principle. Do not talk out of your inferiority. Do not come to that place of I am not worthy. No, you're a royal priest to the holy nation, a peculiar people called out of darkness into 
his marvelous light and now he's no longer wanting to talk to you about what you've come out of he wants to talk to you about what you are in he doesn't want to talk about what you come out of he wants to talk you into further who you are you you're the light of the world you're the salt of the earth you are a new creation you're everything that god says you are so who do ask yourself the question who do men say that i am and remember this you are the son of the living god you are the christ on earth right now and christ in you the hope of glory christ in you the christ in you is the hope of glory i hope you got that i hope you understood that the christ in you is the hope of glory and we are the ones who have the answer because the christ is in us the hope of glory and so the manifestation is waiting will you take it will you allow it to come out from you for as many as received him to them he gave the power the authority to be the sons of god and now as many as are led by the spirit of god they are the sons of god all of creation is looking and longing and yearning for the freedom and the liberty that you and i have the power of you in christ jesus remember that i bless you i love you i constantly keep praying for you and believing that and i can see you growing i'm so proud of you and i'm truly savi and i are proud of pastor john and pastor kelsey the the way that they are serving in this country and the way they are growing the my goodness life global is increasing and i prophesy more increase I prophesy more extravagance in your life. I prophesy a prosperity that is divine. You, you, you are made in the image of God. Live like that. As God on a mission in you. Bless you.